Order, the Devil's Lettuce Film Society. This is a series of podcasts where we invite you to get legally high with us and watch some video content. Usually we watch a movie, sometimes we watch short films or shorter form content, and that is what we are doing on this episode. This is another one of our little field journals. I am the Shaman, your host, joined as always by El Pinchito. Yeah. <laughs> and joining us, a very special returning guest. It's your boy, Vince Nitro. Nitro. Oh, shit, what up? Oh, shit, what up? He's here! And on this little field journal, we'll watch a few odds and ends, uh... But sort of the main reason we're here is to celebrate the momentous occasion after the many years of us doing this show. Uh, I actually grew, grew my own weed. Yeah, you and did. Now we can all have some. I and sent a bit did. to Pinchy. I sent a bit to Vince. Wonderful. Uh, I love that El Pinchito uh, waited until this very moment to even open up the little tinfoil packets containing the nuggets I sent her. And uh, Vince just opened his right away and has been partaking in them. Let's be fair, I have to stay on brand. Ever since he got them. I'm just glad there's some left. Oh, man. Yeah, no, dude, come on. You've been growing these for, for you know, how many months? Almost a year. Uh, uh, not Not quite. I believe I planted them in... I think I actually planted them, like, on 420. Aww. And then those ones I harvested, I want to say, August. Uh, they all sort of came of age at different times. And uh, since then, I've actually grown and harvested. Well, I had two other plants that I harvested uh, about, like, a month or even two months after the ones that you guys have. And... Uh, that's a caterpuppy and old ancestor, right? Yeah, that's right. So here, here's the the brief story on this. And you guys, as we watch stuff, we, you can also ask questions about the process because I fully intend to grow some more now that I've uh, sort of cut my teeth on the whole thing. But uh, I bought a big mix of different seeds from a seed bank in Quebec. And some of the seeds that I got were... Uh, labeled strains. So one of the strains that I got was Mazar, which is an indica, and I got that as an auto-flowering variety, which is like the easiest version of weed that you can grow. You just sort of plant it and water it, and regardless of your lighting setup, it will always grow buds and such. And then the other one that I knew what it was I got as a bonus because I ordered a big bunch of seeds. They threw in three seeds of a strain called Critical Mass, which is a hybrid indica sativa blend. And uh, so that's the other one that you guys have. And then the rest of the seeds were just a random mix. I don't know what they are. So I've just been naming them stuff um, <laughs> because... Like, what the heck else will I do? But those strains aren't like my strains. I didn't invent a strain called Caterpuppy, for example. Uh, when Myron was on uh, last Halloween for our House 2 episode, uh, he suggested Caterpuppy should be the name of a marijuana strain. So the first of the mystery strains was Caterpuppy. And then Vince and I 
uh, fell in love with a movie called uh, The Seventh Curse, where there's a kung fu skeleton that fights Chow Yun-Fat, and the kung fu skeleton is named Old Ancestor, and so the other mystery strain is called Old Ancestor, and I'm probably just going to keep naming the mystery strains after, like, movies I like or things related to movies I like. So that's the Channel story. Channel is, like, an absolute font of that, right? Like, there's so much stuff there that's literally just, like, a wellspring of different references and things you could draw for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, endless, endless. Uh, I am absolutely waiting for us to smoke on Crazy Fat Ethel. <laughs> oh, well, that'll definitely happen. Um, well, that's the thing, too, is uh, I'm in the process of brewing my own beer, and uh, I'm naming all my beers after movies as well. So I've just got, like, endless movie references in all my intoxication these days. Seems fitting. And so, on this show, I fully expect that I'll be talking a bit more about the grow process, but uh, all that to say, I grew four plants, four is the legal limit in Canada, and uh, as a result, as they were growing, Pinchy called them the Golden Girls, <laughs> and so I myself have been thinking of them as the golden girls throughout the grow process. And what better way to celebrate the fact that we are all partaking in them than watching the golden girls. So we're going to watch an episode of the golden girls um, called to catch a neighbor. It's from season two. And there are also, I have uh, a couple of other short videos that we're going to watch beforehand, but uh, let's get into it. Shall we? Everybody, Spark up. I have critical mass in my vape, and I'm going to partake a little bit of it now, and then uh, we can get into some of our video content. Oh, man. I got Bezelbong here with me. Yeah, I wanted to use my Beelzebong. I still haven't actually smoked any of this stuff. I've just been vaping it. Yep. But uh, it was just cold as all hell tonight, so I'm doing the vape thing again. Yeah. Well, here we go. See you on the flip side. I love this. I'm so curious having some, some other guinea pigs uh, imbibing this stuff because, well, nobody else has, right? It's really just, it's you guys and me. We're the only ones who have actually tasted these crops. Wow. It's working. It's hitting the spot. Taste is <laughs> really nice. Has a kind of like an earthy taste, this one. Yeah. And uh, here, while while we do this, I'm going to play uh, this first video. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to bother with the sync cue for this one because it's less than a minute long, but I think this video is hilarious. It's uh it's a kid who ordered a bong off of Amazon and his mom intercepted the package. <laughs> oh, man. This is great. <laughs> I'm trying to see. Come on, mom. I know I've had a moment like this as a child. I know, I know I've been like, what? What is, what is, I, I, well, I don't I'm know. I'm opening it, chill. I didn't have this exact moment, but my friend and I brought a bong we made out of a six liter water bottle and a snorkel to my friend Jackie's <laughs> place in Hull. 
when we were in college because she had never gotten stoned before. So we got her absolutely blasted. And then she got the fear and kicked us out of her place and made us have to go home from Hall at like 3.30 in the morning, which is like 45 no minutes away way. from where we live. But then the end of that story is that this was near the end of the year and her mom came to help her move again. And she had promptly stuffed this thing in her closet and forgotten about it. And so her mom is there helping her move out of college and out she pulls a six liter water jug with a snorkel on it and a bong pipe at the bottom. And she's like, okay, so what's all this about? <laughs> I remember that thing, man. That's where it wound up. <laughs> yeah. In someone's closet. Yep. Oh, man. When you're high on your friend supply. This is so nice, buddy. What a what a treat. Aw, isn't it just? Fucking, I can't believe it. Started started from somewhere. Now we're here. This is great. I have, I have so much flour now. Like, I don't need more. But because... By the end of those four plants, I had like really nailed the the process of it. Now I'm like, well, I gotta try it again and do it better. Also, uh, we're we're running a very small peanut gallery of one. Uh, there's one more person uh, tuning into this silently, and uh, he says he's drinking my beer. So hey, no way! All around. Oh my god, it's so nice! <laughs> he's the only he's the only guy there. There, hey, there's a glass of it. That's so great. Um, that's awesome. There are, there are two people besides those of us who live in this house who have tried my beer. He is one of them. And it's kind of great that all my friends are partaking in the, the goodies that I've provided. Oh, buddy. What a treat. Uh, Thanks uh, for sharing really the bounty. A, it's a serious treat. Um, before we start up the, the first of our two videos, this one provided by Vince, I do just want to say this video, it's called Kid Orders Bong, Package Arrives, and His Mom Wants to See Him Open It. If anybody wants to look it up, it'll be in our show notes. Uh, my favorite thing about it is the mom opens the packaging and goes, this is a bong. And the kid goes, what the frick? I ordered an Xbox card. <laughs> Gets me every time the, what the frick? Uh, I did not. Yeah, it's got like a little bit of Napoleon yeah, I did Dynamite. Not in it. order that. Gosh, mom, I ordered an Xbox card. It's not even a bong, mom. Jeez. <laughs> uh, all right. So this first video that we're gonna watch is uh, it's a Duncan Trussell routine. Vince, you provided this. Do you want to give the context? Yeah. Um, Ari Shapir did a show for Comedy Central called "This Is Not Happening." where he'd have his stand-up comedian friends come in and not necessarily do a stand-up bit, but just basically tell a story that are sort of thematically linked by episodes. So every episode would be like a bad trip you've had or a crazy thing you've seen or like a wild night or something like that. And so they all take their turns recording at whatever place in Los Angeles he does it. And then he made a TV show out of it that ran for a while. And like we used to get it here in Canada as well on Comedy Network. But this is just uh, Duncan Trussell talking about a time that he was dosed with acid, and it went pretty badly. I've seen this one before. It's really, really funny. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, I think you'll enjoy it. That doesn't sound like something that would happen to Duncan Trussell. Are you sure? Yeah, this is totally out of character for him. I was surprised as anybody. So uh, the video will be linked in our show notes. It's called Duncan Trussell Dying on Acid. This is not happening uncensored off of YouTube. And I'm going to start it in... Three, two, one. Oh, man. Super excited about this. So I've seen Duncan Trussell live. One of the greatest orators I've ever seen perform.
<laughs> oh. Yeah, the intro to the See, show is amazing. You saw him doing stand-up, was it? Or but he doesn't, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would call it stand-up. It was orating. It was like... Is it sort of like that Jello Biafra, um, Henry Rollins type thing where he just talks about stuff yeah. and keeps going? Yeah. Like, like uh, an evening with Kevin Smith, just like talking about experiences and he's just really good at, at talking about these things, telling stories. Amazing. Yeah. You guys should all check out called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend and yours. <laughs> I love this guy so much. He's fabulous. Man, I'm I'm so obsessed with Midnight Gospel. It's such a wonderful series. I've watched it so many times. Senior year in high school. That is not surprising to me. Uh, any of you guys read the electric Kool-Aid acid test? Yeah, I read that. That was a good read. It's a fantastic book. Accurate. <laughs> yep. Ha, ha, ha. 
I'm glad I have never been in this sketch of a situation. Yeah, this would be really heavy. In that second, that hit me. Really never met a deadhead, honestly. Though I've met a few who I suspected were deadheads. Our buddy Fee. I bet he's a deadhead. Yeah, he might be. What? <laughs> <laughs> Always a promising sign. <sighs>
<laughs> yeah, I have been to festival toilets and kind of felt like that, but not really. <laughs> No, they're always horrible experiences. I mean, you know, it depends. Honestly, I ha I haven't... Near the end of the event, they start to become very horrible. On a hot day, that's the worst. There are a lot... It burns are always... Well, mostly in the summertime. A toilet at a Burning Man festival on a hot day. <laughs> it's, it's an unpleasant place, you know? It's I not... found the ones at Hyperborea were surprisingly good, though. Like they were not. The that was a pretty small burn. Yeah, fair enough. I could see. Yeah, Burning Man lot. gets. Uh, I could see get special. Just hypothetically speaking. I do know that sound. Man, I'm uncomfortable with how much I know what he's talking about. <laughs> Experienced traveler.
Hey. What what he does live is is exactly the same thing, but will long tail the end of that speech, which is like the lessons he gleaned from it, and then become and then like drop jokes in it throughout. Like he's he's really he's really great. Like you you were there, you just watched it. He's a wonderful speaker. <laughs> yeah, he tells a really compelling story. Like the way he weaves a narrative is really really engaging. You can't help but be hooked by it. Yeah, masterful. Like, totally masterful. I fucking love that guy. I still need to watch The Midnight Gospel. I hear it is fantastic. You haven't watched The Midnight Gospel yet? Uh, yeah, I got a lot of stuff to watch, but I intend to get to it. I know, but Midnight Gospel, man, dude, for real, please. Oh, God, do you want to watch it together? How do we do that? Oh, my God. I think we can make that happen. All right, all right, all right. I'm in. But for now, yeah, let's watch the Golden Girls. Uh, episode is to catch a neighbor. I haven't watched the Golden Girls in a really long time. No, I was like stage when the Golden Girls were around. Like I was easily like a child of just double digits in age. But I have in my time seen multiple episodes of the golden girls i'm pretty sure they were part of like a block of sitcoms that aired after school when i was in elementary school so i'd watch it along with like family matters and maybe an episode of the simpsons or something anyway we're gonna watch an episode called to catch a neighbor i picked it because it is apparently one of the best episodes of the golden girls according to fans online and uh 
So we're going to watch it in uh, three, two, one. So, um, as I have gotten older, boy, has my perspective on this show changed. Really? Because, well, because when I was a little kid and this was airing, this was a bunch of old ladies, right? And with the word golden, like, you're supposed to think of them as older women. Yeah. But uh, I was reading up on this today, and B. Arthur's character in this is 55. That's not that old. Oh my god, really? No, yeah. it's not. The funniest thing, too, wasn't Estelle Getty the youngest of the four of them? Yeah, <laughs> she was. Estelle Getty, star of the classic film Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Oh, yeah, the sassy one. Come to the neighborhood. Yeah, B. Arthur, she owns the cantina in Moss Eisley. Yep. B. Arthur is the tall one, right? My grandmother looks like this. So, um, since we were going to watch some Golden Girls for this episode, today I was thinking, which of the Golden Girls are Pinchy and Vince Nitro? And which of the Golden Girls am I? And so I have my predictions, and I'm wondering what you think. Oh, man. I don't know the characters well enough to know. I think Pinchy's a Betty White for sure, because yeah. not that she's a ditz, but she's that she loves life that much. <laughs> literally yeah. that. Uh, I, that's the closest I had, analog I could see. Yeah, I had Pinchy... Uh, as Rose, Betty White's character. Really? Oh, yeah. I would guess, if you were guessing for me, I would say probably B. Arthur. Oh, you think or so? Or maybe Estelle Getty. Yeah, it was Estelle yeah. Getty. Which um, one's Estelle Getty? The old, old one. The the eldest of them, she's playing B. Arthur's character's mom, and she's, like, really quick-witted and sharp-tongued and doesn't dumb it down at all. Like, she says what everybody's thinking. So, yes, Vince, you are Sophia Estelle Getty. So the, the woman's sitting right now. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Uh... And, and and care to guess who uh, I most identify with? Oh my God, that's George Clooney. Probably the Arthur. <laughs> Did you see that? It's oh, a really? baby George Clooney. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, look at him. <laughs> and yes, uh, Dorothy B. Arthur, the sort of sardonic, sarcastic, quippy one. 
really it's it's like the only way you get Blanche, the Rue McClanahan character, is just if you're like really horny all the time. Because <laughs> that's basically her main character trait. She's southern and she's horny. <laughs> yeah. Have you looked? She's doing it right now. <laughs> so they all live together? No. They're just they're friends. Though there was a sequel series where they open a hotel together called the Golden Palace. That which I think is really funny because the Golden Palace is also the name of a famous Chinese restaurant from Ottawa. How short lived was the spin-off because I don't remember it at all. One season. That makes sense. And it's all on YouTube. Also, I didn't know this, but uh, do you remember, either of you remember the sitcom Empty Nest? No. Yes, but I don't remember why. Yeah, it was just another one of those, like, sitcoms about, you know, people in their older years, I guess you could say, the over 50 crowd. Um, okay. About like a pediatrician who is a widower and his kids have moved away. So he's an empty nester, right? Like it's, it's just him in, in the old family home. Uh, but And I knew that sitcom, but what I didn't know is that it's a spinoff of this. He's their neighbor. Oh, nice. There's a whole Golden Girls TV universe going on that I was unaware of. But is this a part of the St. Elsewhere universe? Oh, probably. <laughs> I still can't believe it's George Clooney. Look at him with his doofy hairdo. And he's not even the main cop. He's like the cop that stands there and doesn't talk. <laughs> That's pretty nuts. Man, the show's old. So I was looking it up. From it ran from nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety two. I was five in nineteen ninety two. It's a respectable run. <laughs> I was nine. Yeah, I was ten in ninety two. Yeah, see, this is a Vince move. <laughs> yeah. You would totally be like, hey, watch this. This is true. And Shaman, which you're supposed to be B. Arthur? Yeah. She's kind of like the snarky straight man in the whole show. Like, she just reacts to the antics of the super, super acid-tongued old lady and the horny one and the dumb but sweet one. I mean, I guess I could kind of be an Estelle Getty as well. Yeah. But I don't think I'm Betty White and I don't think I'm Rue McClanahan. Here, this is, this is B. Arthur. 
Leave it at that. Oh. So let's do the math here. I want to do the math on this. How old was Betty White in this episode? <clears throat> so this would be 86 because it's the second season. Yeah. So how old is Betty White? Let's find out. She is 99 years old right now. And it was 35 years ago, so she was 64 when this was on. 64? Yeah. Well, she still looks great. That's the thing with Betty White, man, is like, the way she looks in this episode is still pretty much the way she looks. Yeah, yeah her, her hair has gotten whiter, and I think her her body has gotten a little bit frailer. But certainly her face... Looks very she much looks the exactly same. the same. Like she's aged stupid well.
the humor in this holds up pretty well. This has aged super well. Wow, Betty White is the only one of the Golden Girls who is still alive. Oh, no way! R.I.P., ladies. So she sleeps in a bed with her mother? I guess so. It was the 80s. I don't remember the setup for it, but I am I am under the impression that her mom like ends up moving back in with her unexpectedly. So they're Italian? Yes. Yeah, I also looked up, let me see if I can, I also looked up, like I read the, I basically just read the Wikipedia page on the Golden Girls uh, when I was looking up stuff about which one we should watch. And they have like the full lineage. It's actually kind of amazing how much Golden Girls background lore there is. I th I'm trying to remember one of them, their character has uh was it a son who's a cross-dresser who goes into the witness protection program <laughs> sitcoms are complicated man they really went deep in the 80s though like they wanted to have like a fully fleshed out universe this was the mcu before the mcu <laughs> yeah here we go uh b arthur's character was born in brooklyn to sicilian immigrants uh betty white's character is a norwegian american from minnesota rue mcclanahan is a southern belle who grew up outside of atlanta georgia prior to her relocation to miami and uh and Sophia Estelle Getty was born in Sicily and moved to New York after fleeing an arranged marriage to Guido Spirelli. Because, <laughs> like, my grandmother loved this show well, when I was younger. Oh, yeah? Mine was super big into Joan Rivers. My grandmother never really watched TV. She was much more into movies.
Although later in her life, she did really get into the trailer park boys. Who did? My grandmother. Really? Huh. She mostly, yeah, she'd mostly watch movies. She really liked classic films and like art films. And then later in her life, she just randomly got into trailer park boys. <laughs> That's awesome. Plot twist. Whereas with my grandmother, I showed her Ricky O, and she unironically loved it and thought it was a genuinely good movie. She was super stoked to watch it. She's hooked us up with some of our favorite bad horror movies. She has. So what do you think the big twist here is going to be? Because usually, like, like are there, they're not jewel thieves. They, it was all a misunderstanding. Or, or the cops are actually con men. Ha ha ha. What do you think it's going to be? Oh, man, I have no idea. I haven't seen enough of these to remember, the, the, like, the formula. <laughs> man look at those great 80s appliances look at that fridge with its fake wood paneling that's awesome that's a relic <laughs> Big honk and microwave too. The decor, man. <laughs> Were the eighties like one of the most understimulating decades of human history? I want to thank you. You know, I know a certain, I know a certain uh, peanut gallery member from previous episodes who would disagree strongly with that assessment. I don't know. I think the 80s had too much cocaine and it got made too weird to be the dullest decade. Like, the coke-soaked stuff was super, super weird. You know what? Uh, I'm going to go on record here and say that 2000 to 2010, in terms of like fashion and decor, that is one of the dullest decades. You want to know why? Because it all bleeds into the late 90s and the 2010 to 2020 era. Like, doesn't everything from the year 2000 just kind of yeah, feel totally like transitional. one big decade? 
even though it's been 20 plus years. Yeah. Basically. I sleep now. Very uncomfortably. I want a wood paneled fridge. Why do we get rid of fake wood paneling? Our peanut gallery says late 90s to early 2000 cars were all the same, boring as fuck. I rest my case. Somebody shot George Clooney. <laughs> That's the twist. Man, he is really something in this. Pretty green. Imagine watching this on TV <clears throat> and someone pointing to the guy in the bed and being like, he's going to be Batman one day. I don't understand why George Clooney became such a big actor. Like he's fine, but I don't get it. There, I said it. No, like he's like an objectively worse Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, I want someone to say that to him. Um, I attribute a lot of it. Like he's not bad, but I attribute a lot no. of it just to the fact that he has a very traditional like handsome hollywood leading man look like almost like an old-fashioned kind of look with the square jaw and like you know the the dark eyes that's my theory on it anyway i don't mind them uh though i did uh well here i'll tell this story in a second because this episode is about to end don't want to talk over the big finale <laughs> what happened? Da, 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 da. So, B. Arthur and the cop decided they weren't going to date, and so the mom came in. She's like, "Oh, you're not going to date anymore? Okay, cool. 
so I want to introduce you to somebody. Then she pulls a doctor and she's like, this is Dr. Tamsin. And then she looks at the cop. She's like, all right, this is nobody. Beat it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The George Clooney story I was going to tell is uh, I heard that George Clooney and Brad Pitt like to play pranks on each other. And they play pranks on each other on the set of the Ocean's Eleven movies. And uh, so the prank that I heard was Brad Pitt had a cat and every day for uh, like five days in a row, George Clooney would go over to visit Brad Pitt's house at some point and they'd like hang out. And when Clooney was in the bathroom, he would scoop all the shit out of the kitty litter and like hide it, you know, like put it in a plastic bag and like hide it, out, take it out with him so that Brad thought like Pitt thought that his cat wasn't pooping. And after a few days, he even said to Clooney, he's like, my cat hasn't like taken a shit in a few days. I'm starting to wonder about this. And Clooney was like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. And then after like four or five days of Pitt thinking that his cat wasn't pooping, Clooney went into the bathroom and took a human-sized shit in the litter box. (laughs) 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 So for that, he has my respect. That's a hell of a prank. That is a really funny prank. Oh my god! See, in here I was thinking, like, just put all five days worth of shit back in the litter box at once to make him think that the cat just had, like, spent just the whole night to sh- let it all out at the same time. No, he took, he himself took a crap in the litter box. <laughs> man, I, that's, that's commitment to something, man. It's a good prank. And uh, on that note, I think we can wrap up our, our Devil's Lettuce Field diary Guys, what did you think of what you had? Who had what? And what did you think? Oh, man. Oh, man. So I had Critical Mass, and it was so lovely and smooth and joyful. And, like, it brings you up, and then it coasts you. It holds you and coasts you. It just gives you a nice little kiss. (laughs) It definitely gives me that hybrid feeling where at first I feel like, ah, like that indica sort of relaxation. And then as it goes on, I start getting like more energetic and more like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that, that hyperactivity of a sativa. Yeah, man. Yeah. What about you, Vince? And uh, Yeah. Which one did you have, Vince? I had the uh, Rem Mazar. Oh, how did you like that? really really smooth it had a long fuse like it took me quite a while from when i started hitting it till when i was actually genuinely feeling it but once you got there it's not like a super high peak or anything but it's totally that warm indica hug like you lean back in your chair and your chair gives you a hug and it's just everything is super comfy and chill yeah it's so a it's really, a really smooth one. ride like it's a nice chill night don't need any energy i just want to lock in and just coast and it's beautiful yeah, I like, I really like that I have a variety as well. It allows me to sort of compare the two. It's not like I just grew the one thing. Uh, and I'm really glad I could share with you guys, and I'm going to share more. There's, there's that more that's going to be sent your way. So, with that, I think we can wrap up this mini-sode. Uh, thanks, everyone, for 
being a friend. Oh, thank you thanks for, for being a friend. A friend. I... Thank you for being a friend. And as always, <laughs> use responsibly. Woo!